Disclaimer, the views and opinions and content expressed on this podcast is informational only, not a substitute for seeking a medical professional for your medical care and treatment. continuing the series of gastrointestinal uh, complications or conditions that happen around the organs within the stomach or the abdomen. Um, during my series, I've covered um, different types of conditions that affect your stomach, your esophagus, uh, your pancreas, the colon. However, I talked about one of the um, infections that's very prominent with patients who can come in with ongoing um, abdominal pain. Uh, it's called a bacteria called a, a Hylobacter pylora infection, uh, short for H. pylora. So I haven't had a chance to discuss it in depth. So I just want to take a few minutes um, in this podcast to say what it is, um, what's the problems associated with it, and how we treat this um, this condition or this bacteria that's very common and uh, uh, that we see in the emergency room, people coming into the emergency room for treatment or in, even in their primary care offices once they know this is the culprit. So just a brief overview of uh, this bacteria is called Hello, uh, Helicobacter py pylora and this also is known for H. pylora for short. It's a bacterium that is commonly found in the stomach. Uh, it is present in approximately one half of the world's population. So we have it pretty much most of the population we're walking around with this bacterium in our stomach. So the vast majority of people infected with H. pylora have no symptoms and will never develop problems. However, it is capable, this bacteria is capable of causing a number of digestive problems, including ulcers, much less commonly stomach cancer. It is not clear why some people with H. pylori get these conditions and others do not, but it is a problem. Who's at risk? The risk factors. H. pylori is probably spread by consuming food or water, contaminated food and water with organisms that is uh, passed out in the fecal matter of infected individuals. So H. pylori causes changes to the stomach and duodenum, the first part of your small intestine. The bacteria infect the protective tissues that line the stomach. This leads to the release of certain enzymes and toxins and activation of the immune system. Uh, together, these factors may directly or indirectly injure the cells of the stomach or the duodenum. This causes chronic inflammation in the walls of the stomach, which is a condition called gastritis, or your duodenum, called duodenitis. So as a result of these changes, the stomach and the duodenum are more vulnerable to damage from digestive juices, such as stomach acid. In the United States and other developed countries, infection with H. pylori is unusual during childhood, but becomes more common during adulthood. So um, this is uh, the, the, the overview and the background of what we're de dealing with. 
What's some of the symptoms from H. pylora? So most individuals with chronic gastritis or duodenitis caused by H. pylora have no symptoms. I've said this before. Uh, you, we got half of the, the country walking around with this bacterium in them, but in our stomach, but we have no problems. However, approximately 5 to 10% of people develop more serious problems, including stomach or duodenal ulcers, and rarely tumors of the stomach. So ulcers can cause a variety of symptoms or no symptoms at all, but the most common ulcer symptoms including pain or discomfort, usually in your upper belly. You can have bloating. You can, have, you can feel full after eating a small amount of food. You can have a lack of appetite, nausea, or vomiting. Uh, your stool can be dark or tar-colored, uh, which is black-looking. You may have ulcers that bleed and can cause a low blood count and fatigue. Less commonly, chronic gastritis, chronic gastritis causes abnormal changes in the stomach lining, which can lead to certain forms of cancer. So it is uncommon to develop cancer as a result of H. pylori infection. Nevertheless, because so many people in the world are infected with H. pylori, it is considered to be the most important cause of stomach cancer. So in essence, get it checked out, get it treated, and um, thereby lessening your uh, risk for having stomach cancer, okay? So what's the diagnosis of H. pylori? There are several ways that we diagnose it, and the most commonly used tests include, uh, there's a test called the breast test, breath, breath, like you breathe on somebody. Um, so this is known as the urea breath test, and it requires that you drink a specialized solution containing a, sub a substance that is broken down by the H. pylori bacterium. The breakdown products can be detected in your breath. So that's why it's called the breath test. There's also um, a stool test that we do. We send your, your, the stool and check to see if it has the H. pylori proteins in it. We also do blood tests. Blood tests can detect specific antibodies, proteins that the body's immune system develops in response to H. pylori bacteria. However, there's concerns over its accuracy and have limited use, all right? So who should be tested for H. pylori? If you have symptoms that I reviewed earlier, abdominal pain, bloating, black tarry stool, nausea, vomiting, you should be tested for this, okay? It's recommended. If you have chronic stomach pain, chronic, chronic, nausea, active gastric, duodenal ulcers, if you have if you know you have stomach ulcers, ulcers in your, uh, in, in your intestine, you should be tested. Or if you have a past history of ulcers. Um, although H. pylori infection is the most common cause of ulcers, not all patients with ulcers have H. pylori. But there are certain medications like aspirin, ibuprofen, which is your Motrin, Advil, naproxen, Aleve, they can also cause uh, what's called peptic ulcers. If you do not have symptoms, uh, then H. pylori testing is usually not recommended. If you have no symptoms and no past history of peptic ulcer disease, it may be considered for select people. However, there's no need for it, okay? Um, and certain individuals from, uh, like, say, the Chinese, the Chinese, Korean, Japanese, or Central American descent, they have a higher incidence of stomach cancer. So 
stay, even though they, they may not have symptoms and this may not have been a chronic problem, um, they still should be checked to make sure they don't have this bacteria growing because of their, uh, uh, you know, their nationalities and their descendants. And this, you know, stomach cancer is being uh, a higher risk in their population. So it's not going to hurt nothing to be tested, right? So what what some of the treatments that we do for H. pylora? Uh, people with a history of peptic ulcer disease, active gastric ulcers, or active duodenal ulcers associated with H. pylora infected, these are the people that should be treated. Um, the treatment is very helpful in healing your ulcers and from preventing the ulcers from coming back and also reducing, reducing the risk of ulcer complications complications like bleeding. So it's recommended that patients who require long-term anti-inflammatory medications such as aspirin, ibuprofen, naproxen, and similar drugs that treat maybe arthritis and other medical conditions should be tested for H. pylori as well. Uh, and, is, and if you're infected, undergo treatment to eradicate the, the infection. So what's the medication? There is no single drug that cures H. pylori infection. However, we do give several drugs for uh, over the at least 14 days. So the regimen includes PPI inhibitors. Uh, this medication decreases the stomach's production of acid, which allows the tissues that's damaged by the infection to heal. Once again, infections of the PPIs include Prevacid, uh, Prilosec, Protonics, uh, as, as, uh, uh, Nexium, uh, Asafex, and then we give two antibiotics. And they're generally recommended to reduce the risk of treatment failure and antibody resistance. So we give, two, we give you two antibiotics, we give you the PPI, and um, for those people who are, who are resistant to antibiotics, uh, we have them take the this combination for 14 days and then retest you to see if the infection has cleared. Some of the side effects. Up to 50% of patients have side effects while taking this treatment. Side effects are usually mild and there are fewer than 10% of patients um, who stop the treatment after the side effects. However, most people who do experience the side effects, they will still take the medication and, and, and we'll, we'll give medic, some, sometimes we can give other medication that can have help with the side effects. For example, if you are, say for instance, um, having nausea, we can give you some nausea medication. If you are uh, taking medication, uh, if it is causing your belly to kind of burn, we can give you medication like Maalox to help with uh, coating the stomach. Uh, and just briefly, the medications that we do give um, to help with this, this medication regimen, the antibiotics we'll give Flagyl, um, or we can give another medication called clarithromycin, Biaxin for short. These medications can cause a metallic taste in the mouth and nausea. Uh, we also uh, see that patients who are drinking alcohol uh, we tell them to make sure they do not drink alcohol while taking flagyl because the combination can cause skin flushing, 
headaches, nausea, vomiting, sweating, and a rapid heart, heart rate. Uh, also, um, there are some uh, patients who can call it, say that they're constipated from taking the medications, so we'll have them take some stool softeners. And uh, once again, if you're having diarrhea and stomach cramps, we can give you some medications that can help with that. So what's the, the treatment, you know, percentages look like? Uh, there's 80% treatment uh, uh, success, but 20% of patients will fail treatment uh, after taking this regimen. So it's a constant battle. Um, we have to sometimes uh, give different types of uh, antibiotics um, or, you know, prolong the the uh, the length of the medication treatment. So um, those are some of the, for the people who fail treatment the first time. Follow up, after completing your treatment, we repeat testing uh, to ensure that the infection is eradicated. This is typically done with the breath or the stool test. All right, so uh, just a quick summary once again is that um, Helicobacter pylora, otherwise known as H. pylora, it's a bacterium that causes a chronic infection of your stomach. Most people with H. pylora have no problems, where some people develop problems such as chronic gastritis, stomach ulcers, and sometimes rarely stomach tumors. The ulcers may cause no symptoms or they may cause pain or discomfort, usually in your upper abdomen which you, you may have bloating, feeling full after eating a small amount of food, lack of appetite, nausea, vomiting, or dark or tar-colored stools. Ulcers can bleed and they can cause you to have a low blood count. And we diagnose this by sending your stools for tests and also we can do a breath test. Um, and the recommendation that we uh, but there's recommendation for it to be treated so we can get rid of this uh, bacteria out of your gut. And the medications that I spoke about um, were the PPI therapies, uh, the flagell, and uh, um, clarithromycin. So you get like this quadruple type of treatment. And most of the patients who are being treated for H. pylora have been followed by a not only your primary care provider but a gastroenterologist uh, because they actually probably did a endoscopy on you um, and they saw that you've had ulcers in the past and they've all also was able to find by biopsy in your tissue that this might have been the culprit H. pylora. So I thank you all for joining in on this uh, session today. Uh, hopefully it was an, an insightful and educational for you. And uh, I look forward to you joining me again for my next podcast. Thank you. If you enjoyed this content, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Help Me Holiday on our social media platform. Or email me with questions at helpmeholiday at gmail.com.